Welcome to an encore broadcast of Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups. Freedom Friday streams live every Friday afternoon from 4 till 6 Central Time on carlgallops.com. Opinions expressed by Carl and his guests do not necessarily reflect those of studio owners, management, and staff. Now, here's Carl. Competition in the dust, dust, dust. Controversial topics that may be offensive to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Radio from the heart of America now. And now, the Commander-in-Chief is back. Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops, the Oval Office of Gulf Coast Talk Radio. All right, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski from Calgary, Canada. My first guest in just a few moments. He doesn't wear a mask, neither do I, but you're going to hear his story in a moment. Listen to this. I wear my face mask in my car so I can, so I can, virtue signal in my neighborhood. And I wear my face mask when I walk so I can, so I can, make sure they All right, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski from Calgary, Calgary, Canada. Pastor Pawlowski, first of all, thanks for being on Freedom Friday today. Thank you very much for having me in. Oh, it's my pleasure. I have preached in Calgary and, uh, um, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue, uh, Cochrane, Cochrane, up in that area over the years, several times, been all over Canada from East Coast to West Coast doing some preaching back in the good old days. But anyway, you're quite famous to this audience because uh, we've been playing clips of your other interviews. I've been reporting on your story since it first broke because uh, that's near and dear to my heart. And for you to come on live today is a great honor for me and for our audience. So I want you to tell your story, my friend, my brother, and uh, pretend like when you're introducing it, pretend like the audience doesn't know you. Now, most of my audience does, but we're always getting new listeners. So just tell what has happened, why you have been. You've been featured in Fox News. You were on Steve Bannon's talk show and many, many others. But tell the folks your saga, where it began, where it is now, and where it looks like it's headed. Go ahead. Well, my name is Arthur Polowski. I pastor two churches here in the city of Calgary. I also organize something that is known as March for Jesus on different continents, different countries. And, of course, my passion is feeding the poor, taking care of the orphans and the widows. I established many churches 
that are called simply street church, church that goes to the streets. We preach the gospel, we feed the poor. So that's what I have been doing for the past 22 years. I am a married man to one wife, to the same wife, and I have three children. So what started this whole craziness, uh, you have to go back to 2005, when the authorities came to us and declared that feeding the homeless is against the Canadian law right now, and preaching the gospel as well. I was arrested as the first clergyman on the streets of Calgary for reading Bible without amplification to six of my parishioners. I was handcuffed, thrown in jail, and I faced a year jail time. Since then, I was arrested a dozen times, over 100 court cases, from criminal charges to provincial, QB, you name it. I fought with the Attorney General, Minister of Justice many times, and a number of lawyers, a number of mayors, number number of uh, MPs, M- MLAs, and aldermen. So I fought with them for 10 years, over 100 court cases, cases, 300 tickets, and I won. They left me be for a few years until last year during the hysteria of uh, the pandemic. I uh, received a letter from the administration here in the city of Calgary, and they told me that now feeding the poor is, again, illegal. Mm. I cannot take care of those people. And let me just add something to this story. I feed the people that no one else cares for. Those are people that are under the bridges, in bushes, kicked out from irregular shelters, mentally ill, uh, violent drug addicts, alcoholics. So that's uh, th- those, those types of people are our clients. If I don't feed them, they're going to whack your head, they're going to break into your home, your garage, or your car. So the government didn't care, even though during the pandemic, soup kitchens are allowed to operate. We have a Muslim mayor that has a passion of hate against Judeo-Christian values. Uh, during this whole time, the mosques are open, and fully operational, but the churches are commanded to close down. And in April, I was the first clergyman to receive, I call them the COVID ticket. I was surrounded by 12 officers. My parishioner was shoved, assaulted by the police, and I was threatened with arrest and that I would get a million dollar ticket. So that started this ordeal that I am inside right now uh, police would show up, bylaw officers would come, they would take pictures, they would intimidate, harass my parishioners, mm-hmm. volunteers, and I would end up with another COVID ticket. So far, I have 29 COVID tickets, summons to court, and I could be facing right now millions of dollars in fine. That's how it was going on for the rest of the year until December 2020 when the government announced that they are canceling Christmas that it's illegal to have your parents, it's illegal to go out and have a coffee. No one is allowed to visit anyone, a total lockdown, and I invited the whole community to come, and I said to them, the government cannot cancel God, we're canceling them, come and have, let's have the biggest celebration in this country. So lots of people showed up, we had Christmas carolers, we had musicians, we fed lots of people, and I ended up with 11 more COVID tickets. And then they, start, they started to show up at our second facility, which is in a building, and I noticed the blockage of our parking lot. So what the police did with the assistance of the so-called peace officers, they would block the entry to our church with their vehicles, 
intimidating, harassing operationers. Wow. We dealt with that. It took us 45 minutes to fend off those hyenas, only to find them out uh, a few weeks later, uh, taking pictures of our women, our children. And I'm sure you can tell I grew up under communist dictatorship behind the Iron Curtain in Poland when Poland was under the occupation of the Soviets. And I'm telling you, the tactics of the authorities right now are identical to the ones sure. that the Soviets did. KGB, Gestapo, of course, I grew up in a country, I've heard the stories of SS and Gestapo and German Nazis, uh, what they have done to the Polish people. So uh, right now we have, we find ourselves in this fight once again, fight to the death, because those people, it looks like they're not stopping. Uh, but, you know, the culmination of this year's story is, uh, you know, Passover celebration, the Easter yeah. weekend, yeah. when I told them many times they're not allowed to come into the church. They, are, they will be trespassing. We are protected under the Section 176 of Criminal Code. You cannot interfere with the clergyman while he is officiating. You cannot interfere with the church. But right now, they, are, they are absolutely do not care about the law and order. It's lawlessness. That's what it is. If I can describe what is happening right now, there is lawlessness just like it was during the Soviet occupation of Poland. We had a constitution, but they did not follow human rights. They did not follow the constitution. It was the party line, what the party said. It was like God speaking to the rest of the people. If you didn't follow, you were tortured, arrested, taken before the courts, and penalized and jailed. So I told them to get out. I started very politely. This was our holiest celebration, Easter, Easter uh, celebration, weekend, the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they dared to come in with their guns, with their uniforms, with their dirty boots inside the church during that holy day. I told them to get out. I started very politely. Please get out. They would not move. So uh, everything intensified, and I started to raise my voice, and it took me over 30 times to tell those wannabe Gestapo KGB people to get out of the holy sanctuary, which eventually they did. Yeah. And I thought maybe, hopefully, after the video was watched over a billion times, and that was the number one video during the Easter weekend, I thought maybe... They got the lesson. Maybe they will leave me be in peace. However, a few weeks later, they came back. And listen to this. They came back with a SWAT team, and they wanted to enter the church building. What happened, they went to the judge. They had a secret meeting. I have never been notified of that meeting. Our lawyers were not notified of that meeting, even though they know we have a lawyer that represents us. They went to the judge secretly, and they managed to convince that individual and all irony of the story the last name of the judge is gates okay like pastor pastor we are we've got to take a break when we come back i want to pick it up right there because we're going to leave everybody hanging okay so they'll be back and when we come back you'll have a good 12 minute segment so pastor thank you for being on the show today and uh we'll be back in just a moment folks you are listening to freedom friday with carl gallops the oval office of gulf coast talk radio my guest this afternoon pastor arthur palowski from calgary canada you're listening to a story it's riveting don't go anywhere we'll be right back
You're listening to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups from the Oval Office of the Gulf Coast. Don't change that dial. We're just getting started. Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops, the Oval Office of Gulf Coast Talk Radio. All right, folks, come on back in the house. It's good to have you with us today. We are broadcasting live this Friday afternoon. I want to give a quick shout out to our Sunday evening audience on 1620 AM and 92.3 FM. And also remind all of our listeners that you can always find looping live streams of the last three or four shows uh, 24-7 at carlgallops.com. You can also hear the podcast podcast of this show uh and 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 week by week you know the last show for a solid week you can listen to this show share it download it etc at carlgallops.com all of that's at the top of the page it's easy to find i want to give as much talking time as i can to my special guest this afternoon pastor arthur palowski from calgary canada telling his story many of you have seen the videos they've been airing ever since resurrection sunday they've been all over the internet millions and millions and millions and millions of views all over the world what this pastor has been through because of the covid hysteria and 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 a, and a government in canada that has just completely gone berserk communistic so pastor tell us now you left off you changed gears you were telling us something that was kind of getting ready to happen and you said and here's the irony of it the judge's name is so back up a little bit kind of bring them back into the story and you keep going and i'm gonna hush go ahead pastor well, like I said, I thought that the video and the popularity of what I've done chasing those hyenas away from our church would put a stop to this infringement on our rights. But the irony of the whole thing is that they came back and they managed to get a judge. And listen to this. The mm-hmm. name of the judge is David Gates. Like Bill Gates? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, his yeah. cousin, I don't know, <laughs> uncle? Yeah. Gates. Yeah. <laughs> and this judge managed to give them an order to come into the sanctuary anytime from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., any time of the day, any day, and they can bring anyone they want. So they showed up with a SWAT team to our church, officers armed to the teeth, and they demanded that we would let them in during the church service. So that was a little bit of a Mexican standoff, and they eventually they left. They left only to come back half hour later, again demanding to come in and interrupt, harass, intimidate people that only came for one purpose, to pray to the God, people that want to be left alone, people that are worshiping their creator. But right now in Canada, that's unacceptable. Walmart, you can have hundreds of people, Ikea, Costco, supermarkets, hundreds of people, mosques, hundreds of people. But the churches, uh, the, the churches and the temples for the Jewish people are shut down, and we are being arrested, ticketed. Like I said before at the beginning, I got 29 tickets right now worth millions of dollars. And this uh, story is not ending because today I find out that they are looking for the contempt of court order. They want me in jail. They want to arrest me and throw me in jail because for them, how dare I stand at the door of our church protecting our sheep uh, from the wolves, to them that's unacceptable, and they want to arrest me. So I don't know how the story is going to end. I know that in the end of the end, we know we win because God wins. I would not be able to do what I'm doing right now if it was not for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I would 
have absolutely no strength and hope. So if you're listening to this and you're traumatized or depressed or suicidal, remember that Jesus can give you hope, mm-hmm. peace, even in the middle of those storms. So rely on him, give your life to him, and he is going to set you free. You know, it's, it's a crazy times we're living in, but we're holding on. I never know right now when I'm going to be arrested. So if you want to support us and help, we have hired one set of lawyers. I'm looking to hire another one uh, to go after the villains. I want to start filing lawsuits against those people, the politicians and AHS agents of the devil right now. Yeah. Pastor, I got to tell you, I've taken a lot of hard stands myself in my 35 years of ministry and a lot of hard stands as far as the world's concerned during this hysteria. But you have convicted me and shamed me <laughs> for those, even though the stands in my context have been difficult and people have trashed us and lied about us and all of these kinds of things attacked us. It's nothing like the persecution that you guys in Canada are enduring and that you have endured and are still enduring. And you've strengthened me. You've encouraged me and you've convinced me even more that I am right in standing where I've been standing. But anyway, this is not about me it's about you so and your church and so i want to ask first before we go any further we are going to pray for you we will have you back on the air if you want to come back during all of this time so that you'll have a voice to the world here but is there anything logistically we can do are are you raising funds are you i mean what are you doing how can we help yes uh, we are presently raising funds people can donate using e-transfer A-R-T at streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca. Also, there is a PayPal uh, on our website, www.streetchurch.ca. And, of course, they can send us a check if that's easier. And uh, you can contact me through a telephone, 403-607-4434, or send me an email at art at streetchurch.ca. Uh, we need to raise a, a very powerful force, criminal defense lawyers, to go after them as well, because it looks like they are not accountable. The politicians are lying, cheating. The AHS is acting like brown shirts of other Hitler. We are repeating the history of the early 30s with Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party, and Stalinism is in front of us. This communistic, socialistic, devilish agenda is creeping at every level from universities to mainstream media, which is completely bought by the government. We don't have independent media anymore. It's all paid and controlled by the state. We're in a big trouble. However, like I said before, God is bigger than them. I think this is a showdown between the Davids and Goliaths of the land right now. So I know how the story ends. I know that greater is he that is in me than the one that is in them. But it's not easy fight, for sure. We need your prayers. We are being bombarded. Our church was vandalized. Uh, They brought uh, dog poo uh, on our parking. They smeared our entrance. They wrote some horrible things. So the pressure is at every corner. The Antifa and BLM is at our, um, you know, swinging at us on a regular basis. There is a smear campaign going on in the mainstream media trying to discredit what I'm uh, doing. But we're growing stronger. 
we had a big rally at the church, and tomorrow pray, because 9.30 in the morning, I'm opening the church. I don't know what is going to happen to me. I know the police is coming. I know there's going to be hundreds of people in Antifa and BLM. So pray for me that I would have boldness and strength to keep pushing, to keep running towards the enemy like David did. David didn't hide. David didn't use any uh, shields and anything else hiding behind the tree. He charged at the enemy openly, and he called him, who do you think you are, you uncircumcised Philistine, that you should defy the armies of the living God? The army of the enemy is right now mocking God. The army of the enemy is mocking Christians. And I say to everyone, rise up, stand up. This is our time to push back. They're pushing hard. Let's push even harder. Let's be the pride of lions that are coming together. And what I know about the lions, that one lion can be overpowered by 20 hyenas. The moment another lion shows up, it's over for the hyenas. There is power and strength in numbers. And you're talking to a guy that witnessed Solidarity Movement in 1981 when the Polish people finally came together and they pushed the communists out and they won their freedom. Poland became the best democracy on earth. We can do it if we unite. We We have to come together. We can. Pastor, thank you. So many things I'd like to ask you. I'm going to have to have you back soon. We will pray for you tomorrow. I'm going to encourage our listeners to donate those that can and will, but we're all going to be lifting you up in prayer. We will have you back on. Thank you so much for this time. Incredible story, incredible encouragement, incredible faith. May the Lord bless you and keep you, my friend. God bless you. Folks, God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. It's so good to have you with us today in the studios. Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops, the Oval Office of Gulf Coast Talk Radio. We'll be right back. You're in the Oval Office of the Gulf Coast. Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops. Welcome back to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops. 1330 WEBY. Carl speaks with ontological certitude and theological indubitableness. For you liberals out there, this means that Carl knows who he is, and that he is unashamed to be on a first-name basis with God. Now, here's Carl Gallops. All right, folks, come in the house. We're at the bottom of the first hour. If you listen to that first segment, you heard a powerhouse segment with Pastor Arthur Pulowski. Uh, out of Calgary, Canada. Listen, he gave his phone number, and I'm going to post this. Um, trying to think where you can get it. The, I'm going to repeat it several times during the during the show, and I will do it slowly. So I'm telling you this. I'm, the reason I'm killing a little time is so you can get your pen and paper, or whatever you're going to use, and I'll also give you where you can um, uh, donate uh, to his ministry. If you want to, okay? Now, I got to say this. He didn't ask me to do that. I had no clue that you could uh, donate to him. I, when I asked the question, I had no idea. I just shot in the dark. And as a matter of fact, you know, he said he never, he's such a humble guy, I promise you. When I was talking to him this afternoon to get him on the air, I never once asked, and he never said to me, by the way, I get people to donate to me. He never even hinted that. I just had that idea while I had him on the air. So anyway, the phone number, if you want to contact him, is 403 403- 607 4434. I'll say it again 403 607 4434. Okay. And 
Well, that's it for right now. I want to have Mike Shoesmith on because, Mike, I, I know you heard that segment, my friend, and it's yes. good It's good to have you with us. And, of course, you hail from Canada. You're all over Canada and the United States and the business that you do. You know people all over this continent, this North American continent, and people know you. And, of course, being on the radio, people all over the world know you. But that's a pretty astounding story. And I was talking to you offline saying, Mike, what the heck is going on with BLM and Antifa involved? I mean, is the are the police using them? Is the government using them? Uh, surely not. I mean, I was going to ask him that, but we ran out of time. And I'm going to have to have him back um, if we can keep him out of prison and keep him out of jail. Right. Uh, the, but the other thing is, is you know, uh, why, why would BLM and Antifa be be doing this when the pastor and his church their whole ministry is feeding the homeless and the mentally ill that are wandering the streets and living in the bushes and under the bridges and i know the government doesn't like him because he stands up to them in this pandemic when they're exercising their power and what's up with a muslim mayor that allows muslim mosques to be open but not jewish synagogues or christian churches that's canada brother you guys have a constitution you have federal law i'm gonna hush and see if you can't speculate on these things help me brother help me well i think many canadians may believe because you guys have a clearly delineated first amendment that most people can quote verbatim in your country but in canada i think they feel like when it comes to free speech and freedom of of religion it's basically just be passive and submit i mean you can count on one hand the number of pastors in canada who have stood up to the canadian gestapo and i mean i interviewed marion gladdy when she was running for uh the the conservative party uh, chairmanship here in canada and, uh, you know, most people, when, when you ask them, what are your rights? You know, like in Canada, you say, when, when, when in Canada, how, how uh, up until what, what point in the pregnancy can a woman get, uh, get an abortion in Canada? In Canada? And then, well, up until the third, up until the end of the first three months, you know, and then, you know, we basically, you're just quoting the American laws on abortion now. What are the Canadian laws? Well, it's got to be something. It's got to be something in Canada. And, you know, actually, you know, we have no laws governing. There's not a single law governing abortion in Canada. A woman can kill her baby as long as it's still attached. That can't be true, Mike Shoesmith. That can't be true. It is absolutely true. Most Canadians have don't have a cauliflower clue that they can tell the Gestapo to get out of their church. They don't have a clue that they're allowed to do that. And uh, because we have, if you have sincerely held religious views in Canada. It's protected by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Charter of Rights and Freedoms, what's that? It's it's like our it's like our Bill of know, Rights. Our, our, uh, Bill of Rights. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. It's like our Bill of Rights in Canada. So I mean people need Canadians really need to learn that uh, we do have rights, but because we don't stick up for our rights, stand up for our rights, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the Gestapo, as this pastor called them in that clip, and it's a, if you don't, if you haven't seen that clip, it's all over YouTube, TikTok, everywhere now. Uh, the police come in with some local people in the area, in Calgary, and uh, they say, we're just going to come in and we're going to look around. And, and he meets them at the door in the foyer there at the church. And he says, you're not coming in here. Get out now. Please get out now. And he's very polite at first. And he said, oh, no. We're and, and there's a woman there. I think she's with the local social services. And then she's backed up by the local police. And the police, the big burly police guys there, you know, they're there because, you know, the, you know, because the, the, the pastor might beat her up or something, you know. So they're there to sort of enforce her right to be there. And the pastor that you just had on said, you don't have a right to be here you need to get out now uh well we just want no no i don't want to hear a word from you nothing i don't want to hear anything you have to say 
go now. Well, no, no. And then his voice gets more and more elevated, and he starts bringing up these these this Nazi terminology. You know, the Gestapo and all. Get out, you Nazis! Get out, Gestapo! Get out! Get out! And they're like, they refused at first. Like, we're not leaving. We're gonna no. And his voice just got more and more. It's like he was commanding demons, Carl, yes, yes. to get out of his church. Yeah. And they, like the demons that stood and bowed before Jesus Christ, turned tail and walked. It's an amazing uh, event. Really, in Canadian I've history, seen it. Yeah. That you did, and so somebody like that, the Canadians are not used to that. You know, sticking up for your rights. You know, being a lion. I've seen that clip that he referred to on YouTube, where the, a lion was getting uh, was getting its butt handed to it by a whole bunch, a whole pack of hyenas, right. and it looked like this lion was done for, Carl. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this other lion just comes just comes out for a little stroll, and this other lion is just kind of wandering into the whole scene. Next thing you know, these hyenas are all scattered. They're all getting shredded by these lions now because there's two lions against like 50 hyenas now right Right. and so basically he's saying like we need to if we don't do like the the founders of the united states uh uh, famously said if we don't stand uh, if we don't hang together we're all going to hang separately and so basically that's what this pastor is saying like we all need to stick together here canada like he he was firsthand witness to the atrocities yes uh, that, yes that, that faced his country so he came to canada for freedom now he's finding that freedom is not eroding. It is completely eroded right. now. We right. have the, the the premier of Ontario now, Doug Ford, who's the head of the Conservative Party of Ontario, by the way. He is bowing to the pressures of, of the globalist elitist uh, 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 Trudeau. And he's saying, okay, yeah. So now what's going to happen is he brought the province in complete lockdown now. Ontario is in – I was just in Florida, man. People are walking around. The businesses are taking their mask mandate signs off of the doors now in Florida. They're like, yeah, we're done with this. Right. So, oh, we've <laughs> been done with it, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, people are just acting as if they're actually free people in Florida yes. now, right? So, but in Canada, we're in complete lockdown now in Ontario. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I'm begging our listeners, uh, if you own a business in Florida where there never has been a lockdown order and, and there never have been statewide mandates of masks, and so, please, please treat us like the free Americans we are. Please honor our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Please return some sanity and and some normalcy uh, because we still have businesses that are still, you know, they're all wrapped up in this and it's sure. almost Gestapo-like. And I know a bunch of business and owners are not trying to be Gestapo, but it's Gestapo-like. And this pastor lived in it and he's he's just, he's freaking out about right. what he's watching happen over a pandemic, supposedly, of a virus that has a 99.9% survival right. rate. And we're going to put pastors in jail over this. We're going to lock down entire economies and nations. And we're going to divide our citizens up into fighting each other about, you don't have your mask on. You're going to kill us all. It's just crazy, brother. It's insanity. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I have the transcript of Premier Doug Ford last month uh, making a bold declaration to the people of Ontario. Uh, but I happen to know that you have the audio, which yeah, is yeah. far better radio, right? So, yeah, far <laughs> so better radio to play the audio. People are 
People will be shocked by this, I promise. I know. Well, let me play it, and then you and I will go off on it. So this is Doug right. Ford, the premier of Can- of Ontario. And like right. you said, that's kind of like the governor, right, of that right. province? Exactly. Okay. That's right. Yeah, he's like the governor of that province of Ontario, and, right. and a province in Canada is like a state in the United States. That's just right. From, yeah. Yes. Okay. And so he's talking about how they're going to get people vaccinated. Folks, you need to sit down and strap yourself in when you hear this governor of Ontario uh, <laughs> tell you what, right. they, what they're going to do. All right, Peter, play this clip. So we're, we're focusing on those areas now since we have vaccines. We're going into the high-priority neighborhoods. We're focusing on the companies. We're going into high-priority neighborhoods, literally knocking on doors to pull people down in the high priority neighborhoods. Pull people down. So we're really having a, a targeted uh, approach. Targeted. You know, we, we, we have a two prong approach here. This is the plan. The plan is limit mobility to protect our ICUs. The plan to get needles into people's arms. We're going wow. into, into places of worship. We're going into companies. Wow. We're going into neighborhoods. And we're focusing on, on those neighborhoods. This is the plan, Mike. This is the plan plan. to get needles (laughs) into people's arms. We're going into churches. We're going to go into businesses. We're going to pull people down. Now, that's some strong language, and I don't know if he meant all of that literally or not, but even if he didn't mean it literally, it's still very threatening language coming from a governor, if you will, a premier of a province of Canada. Go ahead, Mike. I was on the road when I first learned of this, and I immediately placed a call home, and I said, listen, uh, the the governor of Ontario (laughs) has now just said that he's going to come into our homes and into places of worship, and I mean, it's not, I have spoken to the authorities in Ontario, it is not, and they're saying it will never be mandatory to take a needle in your arm with this vaccine in it. it, that will never be forced, however, Get ready for some strong pressure tactics. Some uh, Get ready to go on a guilt trip where these well, people knock on your door. Well, your own <laughs> right? federal law says it will never be that a SWAT team will show up at your church and enter in by force. It will never be. And yet Pastor Palowski is having it happen to him right now with the threat of going to prison. Mike, listen, I hear the music, so we're going to take a few seconds. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And people, thank you for joining as well. When we come back, I'm just going to, believe it or not, hush and turn it back over to Mike because he's got an awful (laughs) lot more to say about this. How dare you laugh at me, Mike, over the radio? (laughs) I'm just laughing with you, brother, laughing with you. Well, you know, they do call it the Carl Gallup Show, right? I mean, you know, come on. But anyway... (laughs) with Mike Shoesmith. But anyway, we're going to have a great time, folks. You don't want to miss it. We've got a lot more to talk about, a lot more to unpack. Plus, I want to hear some more from Mike, his opinions and speculations and observations about what the heck is going on in Canada. Because, folks, the United States of America is not far behind this. And there are other nations of the world where we have listeners who are listening right now who are going through the same thing that Canada is or worse. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups in the Oval Office of the Gulf Coast. Welcome back to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups. Sit down, buckle up, and hang on. All right, Peter, just reconnect him whenever you get him, okay? Well, folks, we're going live, and of course, you just heard me uh, doing business live over the air with Peter Lazar, my world-famous producer. He does an amazing job in this place. He does six or eight things at once all the time. I asked my wife. I'm capable of doing one thing pretty well, two things just fair, 
three things really, really sloppy and four things not possible at all. Just not possible at all. So I got to have Peter in here with me. He's my right hand. But we uh, asked Mike to uh, hang up and call back because even while we were off air, I was trying to talk with him and just we hit one of those glitches in the digital air, the digital atmosphere. And uh, it was horrific, a horrific connection. So anyway, so I'm hoping he'll t- tune back in. And, and I know you're saying, well, Carl, you're just sitting there killing time. Not not really. I'm really just telling you my heart because I'm going to tell you what I was talking to him about off air. And that is, I am just, I want to hear from Mike about why, you know, why the law is just being totally ignored. But, you know, we kind of know the answer to that, folks. It's happened in the United States. It's happening all over the world. You know, the Word of God talks about lawlessness in the last days. Now, think about it. Lawlessness. And you heard what's happening with Pastor Pulaski. You heard what he said. You've been hearing what Mike Shoesmith's saying about people don't know the law, and they're just, you know, they'll cower down to it because they think that this pressure talk of we're going to stick a needle in your arm. Here's the plan. We're coming into churches, into businesses. And a lot of people think, well, I guess they have the ability, the right to do that. No, they don't. But anyway, Mike, talk to talk to me about uh, the general atmosphere in Canada and what other people are saying about this. What are common folks in Canada saying about Pastor Pulaski? Surely they've seen this video. What do they think about it? Are they afraid this is coming to their churches? I know we have a lot of Canadian listeners, but go ahead, Mike. Yeah, pastors in Canada are afraid of losing their, their tax exemption status. That's a huge fear in Canada. And I, 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 that particular pastor in Calgary, he has no such fear. I suspect he may have lost that already. I mean, I suspect he may. I think I heard somewhere where he doesn't even have that tax exempt number anymore. He just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, and I would, and I would not either. We have a tax exempt status right. at our church, but what a lot of people in America don't know, and you and I have talked about this. I just want to plug this in there. Uh, but in America, yes. it really doesn't affect anything we do except i can't get in the pulpit on a sunday morning take up a collection for a singular politician and then tax exempt that and give it to that politician and i agree with that law but everything else being involved politically i mean i opened donald trump's first florida rally for him and it wasn't against the law yeah so so anyway i just want people to know that but hey if it came down to where the government said carl y'all are going to lose your tax exempt status if you don't just quit talking about anything politically i'd say okay here's our status (laughs) because brother we're not going to quit preaching the word anyway go ahead I just want to throw this out to the answer, but, but I will say that the Canadian public in general, at least the people that I um, uh, associate myself with, they are not taking this vaccine. There is an underbelly of resentment toward the Canadian government for their strong-handedness, their strong-handed uh, tactics in you know, making the same kind of sort of statements that, that Doug Ford has made, that, yeah, we're coming to your houses. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna take you on a little guilt trip here. Um, when you enter into Canada, like for example, um, there is something very ominous—a giant billboard. When you enter into Canada from Buffalo, New York, into Fort Erie, Ontario, there's an enormous billboard—the biggest billboard I've ever seen in my life—which says, "Yeah, we are expanding the rollout of COVID-19 of vaccines. Your turn is coming." And that's all it says. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking. 
That's very uh, uh, that I feel scared now. I'm afraid now, Carl. That this is coming. That is the fear-based tactics that they're using when they come to the door of people's private homes and when they come to the the churches. churches I'm I'm afraid that that is going to be the tactic that is going to be used. Okay, folks, it's your turn. Roll up them arms, and people are going to be like, oh, "Okay, I guess we're going to make this happen." They don't get it that they can refuse it. I have asked. Uh, customs officials on the Canadian side and the American side. Will that? Will I ever be forced? Because I do business in Canada and the United States. I'm an essential worker. Will I ever be forced to take this mark? I mean, this vaccine. And they all, <laughs> both sides of the border, have told me in no uncertain, in very clear terms, you will never be forced to take it. I don't believe that's true because I had one of them on the Canadian side say. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take it? Like, why wouldn't you? He yeah. says, you'll never be forced to, but why wouldn't you? Yeah. I said, I'm afraid of it. He says, well, why? I said, are you not, take, are you not paying attention to the news, uh, officer? He says, well, I don't really watch the news very much. I said, so we're talking about a, a, a disease that you have to be tested to see if you even have it. Uh, for the greatest death toll of any vaccine rollout ever. It's killing thousands of people, this vaccine. has killed thousands of people. And now we know from... HAMC, there's, I'm just going to read a little bit of this now. This will shock the audience. As the, race approval to, as the race to approval of a safe and effective vaccine for coronavirus disease continues, a group of researchers is warning some of these vaccines, Carl, could make patients more susceptible for contracting HIV. Now, this is being written up in The Lancet, which is a medical journal. Okay. Yep. The researchers are arguing a caution when it comes to the use of adenovirus type 585 vector vaccine for COVID-19, recalling their research from a decade ago on an AD5 vector vaccine to HIV vaccine trials. On the basis, I'm quoting the trial now, the trial authors rather, on the basis of these findings, we are concerned that use of an AD5 vector for immunization against severe acute COVID could similarly increase the risk of HIV-1 HIV acquisition among men wow. who received the vaccine, wow. quotes the researchers. Both the HIV and COVID-19 pandemics disproportionately affect vulnerable populations globally. Rollout of an effective SARS-CoV-19 vaccine globally could be given to populations at risk of HIV infection, which could potentially increase their risk of HIV-1 acquisition. There are several clinical trials assessing 85-vector vaccine candidacy underway, including by China's CanSino Biologics, Carl, and California-based Immunity Bio. The group's cautionary tale stems from the STEP and Farm Bill Phase 2B trials that study the, the efficacy of an 85-vector HIV-1 vaccine in preventing HIV infection. Across both international studies, they found that the vaccine actually increased, Carl, the risk of HIV among the vaccinated men. Now, when you, when you could, if you were to say to somebody, why aren't you taking this vaccine? Uh, because I'm afraid of it? Why are you afraid of it? Just quote this article from uh, these medical journals saying that these vaccines are increasing the likelihood of many things, including the risk of getting HIV for men. Yeah. Uh, so I think that when we have a vaccine, we're not talking about polio here, which was a horrific disease killing many people, and a vaccine was the best possible 
uh, way of dealing with that. We're talking about a disease that has a 99% recovery rate, and you literally have to be tested to see if you even have it. Right. That's why the testing is so important, and not the fact that I feel like I'm dying, and why is that guy walking down the street with a cart saying, bring out your dead? Right. That's not happening exactly. anywhere on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. Yeah. And, you know, Mike, in addition to everything you just said and all the excellent points you made, another reason to tell people, look, I'm afraid of it. And and that afraid doesn't mean we're walking around fear. You know, it just means that I don't want to take it now. Well, why not? Well, right. I played the clip. I've played it several times. I may even ask Peter to play it again later. The, 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 the clip from the TED Talk from the Moderna uh, chief medical officer. It's a one-minute clip that's out of a 10-minute speech he gave on TED Talk six years ago, Mike, and he said, right. with this new mRNA technology that we are developing, we are, his, his words, literally, his words, quote, literally rewriting your genetic exactly. code, end quote. And mm-hmm. and then, of course, he mm-hmm. said, now with that, just think we can eliminate cancer. We can do this and all that. And everybody was applauding. Now, this was six years ago. Now, during this pandemic, they roll out that technology. And now they're going to rewrite our genetic code like lab rats using an experimental drug on something that has never been used on humans ma- massively like this. It's right. only been on used on rats. And you ask me why I'm not going to run down and roll my sleeve up to this? <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly right. My son-in-law made an excellent point. He said, you know... Uh, this is not a vaccine. This is gene therapy. That's right. Not, this is gene therapy. Yeah. And even if you are not a child of God, you don't know the love of God that casts out all fear. If you're Ricky, Ricky Gervais, uh, you should be able to look at the evidence here and say, I'm afraid of this. I'm not taking this. There's too many risks involved here. I'm not taking it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the, the chief medical officer of Moderna said that. He said it's not really a, right. a vaccine. It's it's we call it. He said we call it information therapy. Well, that's the same thing. Right. Gene wow. therapy. You're, informa- you're sending yes. new information to your genetic makeup. Good gracious. Mike, yes. we got to get out of that's here. Right. Mike Shoesmith, thank you. Tell people how to email you quickly. PPSimmons at live.com. I love you, Carl. I love you guys. Talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. at live.com, and you can get a hold of him. Give us a few minutes. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss what's coming next. Welcome to an encore broadcast of Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups. Freedom Friday streams live every Friday afternoon from 4 till 6 Central Time on carlgallups.com. Opinions expressed by Carl and his guests do not necessarily reflect those of studio owners, management, and staff. Now, here's Carl. Competition in the dust. dust, dust. Controversial topics that may be offensive to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. 
at the top of the second hour freedom friday with carl gallus the oval office of gulf coast talk radio so what kind of friday freedom friday yeah and it doesn't matter what day of the week you're listening to this In fact we air again every sunday night on 1620 a.m and 92.3 fm been doing this show so long and it's gone all over the world it's kind of uh, brand marketing now that's the brand freedom friday it doesn't really matter what day it is that's just the name of it the word freedom is what's important not the word friday okay because we started on Fridays many, many years ago. And now we podcast. See, when we first started, there was no podcasting and, you know, and all these different ADX communication group with all these different stations they could plaster me on. No, no, no. But it's Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops. And if you listen on Fridays, you listen live. And you hear all kind of live stuff in between the, you know, the commercial breaks and things like that. Really cool stuff. And then if you're listening on 1620 AM, I'm a Sunday nights and 92.3 FM, then you get to hear all of the folks that do business and keep this program on the air and the Keep ADX Communication Group giving you all the great broadcasting that it has with the number one country station in the nation, uh, Cat Country, and with the ESPN channel and News Talk Radio and on and on and on. Plus Freedom Friday. And a dedicated live stream to Freedom Friday. That's who we are. So thank you for supporting this program. Thanks for listening. And thank you for supporting all of the programming of ADX Communication Broadcast Group. My world-famous producer, Peter Laser is with me in the house. And I'm looking forward to this segment with you. Now, I want to begin with this. And this is going to segue into things that are happening in the news. In fact, something that... Uh, impacts us right now in the United States. I'm going to read a portion of God's word, just two verses. Now, I want, I want our listeners and I want the Pharisees out there to know that I happen to know what the context is here, okay? <laughs> because, I mean, you know, you do this. You get on the radio and you read the scripture. People say, well, that's out of context. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, I happen to preach and teach the word. For almost 40 years, I do know the context. I do know what I'm doing. I'm going to read to you from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Oh, I know. People quote it all the time. and Actually, it's verse 13 and 14, but how powerful this is. And the context is 
the Lord God is speaking to the heart of Solomon. He is he is showing up in his glory in the temple that Solomon has completed. And God is giving him a promise about his people. Now, in the last days, his people, according to God's word, would be those of us who are born again in Jesus Christ, right? Jew or Gentile, the one new man, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. Okay? So his people. So the immediate context was with for Solomon and Israel and the temple and the promises God was making about prayer and about just being obedient to him. But wait till you hear this, and I want you to extrapolate it to our days, because this is the Word of God. It's the living Word of God, and the promise is the same for God's people. He says, if my people, if my people, my people. So who are God's people under the new covenant? Who are they? They are born-again believers, and in the Hebrew word would be in Yeshua HaMashiach. In English, that would be Jesus, who is the Christ, the Messiah. And that's the context, and here's what God says. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, in other words, when he brings his judgment, or when I command locusts to devour the land, or when I send a pandemic among my people, most translations say plague. It could be pestilence, pandemic, epidemic. That's the meaning of it. When a pandemic sweeps among my people, when these kinds of things happen in a fallen world, and when I'm bringing my judgment, locusts devouring the land, some, that can be used metaphorically. Jesus uses it metaphorically. He says, when these kinds of things come, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If my people, my people, well, that would be like born-again believers, Jew or Gentile. Uh, That would be the church, the real church, not the institutional church with denominations and signs and buildings. Although you got sometimes it's nice to have a building and even have a sign out front, nothing necessarily evil about it, but that's not the church. The church are God's people under the covenant of the blood of Jesus. If my people will humble themselves. He didn't say if the lost world will do it. Lost world's acting like the lost world's supposed to act. He said, if my people will humble themselves and pray then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Okay, so here's the headline next. So how does Joe Biden react to this? Uh, Just cancels the National Day of Prayer for the first time in 70 years. (laughs) How about that? How about that? Should we suspect any less from Joe Ziden and his administration and the craziness of that administration? Joe Ziden, 
for the first time in 70 years, cancels the national prayer breakfast. Now, think what has been going on the last 70 years in our nation. I mean, we've been, we have been through 9-11. We've been through Iraq and Afghanistan and the Gulf War and, and planes, jet airplanes flying into New York City and to skyscrapers killing thousands and thousands of people, a nation at war being attacked on our mainland by terrorists, and I mean, even before then. In the past 70 years. Think about it. Since just after Israel was rebirthed. I mean, this we've never had a break in the national prayer breakfast, the national day of prayer. Until now. Of course, we've never had armed troops and razor wire and bob wire all around the Capitol either. Until now. Of course, we've never had massive mail-out ballots by the millions and millions and millions where we went to bed without those ballots, and one presidential candidate was winning all over the nation by millions and millions of votes. We woke up the next day, and magically, it all changed. For the dude that was sitting in his basement in his underwear with a mask over his face, the only one in the room, reading scripts that people were hand-feeding him into the camera, and he supposedly got more votes than any president in U.S. history, and we're supposed to believe that? You see, in this year, with that man, he did something, he thumbed his nose at God's people who live in the United States, at the Word of God, at the Lord Himself. He thumbed his nose. And he said, we're not, we're not going to do that. But to make it even worse, the New York Post has reported this. A lot of other mainstream media has reported this. The New York Post, one of the oldest newspapers and news organizations in the United States. I want to play a clip. What is it? It's just about a minute, isn't it? Uh, four, yeah, I'd say 44 seconds, 45 seconds. Uh, Peter's giving me the hand signals over here. Um I'm going to play this clip, and I want you to listen to Joe Biden's announcement about the National Day of Prayer. Okay? I didn't say he canceled the National Day of Prayer, but he canceled the National Prayer Breakfast for the first time in 70 years, which is just a conglomeration of leaders and... That's <laughs> okay. You hit the wrong button, Peter. That's all right. Uh, did, I don't mind telling you. It scared me. I'm still having a hard time getting my breath back. But he, he a conglomeration of leaders from around the nation... See, you're trying to tell me it's almost time to be quiet, right? So we'll play it when we come back. Yeah, we're going to take a two-minute time out here in just a second. We're going to play that clip, and then I want you to hear it for yourself because there's something very important about what he says and what he doesn't say. And then we're going to keep moving forward with this, and I want to give you the perspective of what's happening right now in our nation under this current administration, basically canceling one of the most important parts of the National Day of Prayer. Give us two minutes. We'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups from the Oval Office of the Gulf Coast. An unbearable insult to the herd mentality. Welcome back to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups, the Oval Office of Gulf Coast Talk Radio. Yeah, so even if there's a pandemic among my people, declares the Lord, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, humble themselves and pray, seek my face, 
turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land, the land they're living in. It means a lot of people that are spitting in God's face will still receive the benefits of a healed land. Now, this year, the first time in 70 years, the current administration with razor wire and troops around them and looming specter of a stolen election, official recounts and forensic examinations going on by states, trying to, but being blocked left and right by Democrats and legal firms. and What? what block what? To, to do a forensic investigation to make sure everything was fair? Who would block that? Who would do that? We had a two-and-a-half-year criminal investigation of, of Donald Trump under the Mueller report because somebody because the left said the Russians helped him. He cheated. So two-and-a-half years of a criminal, basically, federal investigation. So why can't we just have states and forensic audits of what happened in 2020? See, this is what's happening, folks. And in the midst of this and so much more, in the midst of COVID, you know, COVID and everything else, Joe Biden makes this statement. I saw the clip. I I copied it, the audio portion. I saw the video. He is reading it from a teleprompter. No telling who wrote it for him. Listen to him stumble over the words as he tries to read it off the teleprompter. But just listen to this 44-second clip about the National Day of Prayer. This is the National Day of Prayer. I want to thank you all for praying for our nation. I join you in these prayers today and every day. I know how much it matters because I've seen the power of prayer in my own life. Like so many of you, prayer has nourished my soul, delivered strength and hope and guidance when I needed it most, and carried me and my family through moments of fathomless grief and despair. It means the world to me to know that there are people across the country who include Jill and me in their prayers. And I hope you know that you and your families are in our prayers as well. Today I'm praying for the end of this great COVID crisis. Yeah, okay. Now, you might be listening to it saying, well, that was okay. He said, pray, 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 pray. And I'm grateful for prayers. First of all, he sounded like Darth Vader, but that's just Peter shaking his head. Yes, like, what is up with that? I am praying. It means the world to me. I, I just, I'm not mocking that. I mean, I mean, I, I guess it sounds like I am. I, the guy's got health problems, perhaps, but I, I don't know. But it, it was grating. It was, it was like scratching fingernails on a chalkboard to watch it because when you take the fact that you can see him reading it, you don't see the teleprompter, but you can see him. I mean, he's. He's looking in one spot. You can kind of see his head going back and forth a little bit. He's reading it. He stumbles over the words. We're grateful for prayer. We're grateful. Now, remember, this is the same guy that the archbishop of whatever of the Roman Catholic Church and made a declaration that all these politicians that are standing for abortion, they no longer can take uh, the Holy Communion. Well, he's talking about Biden and Pelosi. I mean, they're the two most powerful, you know, Democrat Catholics on the planet right now, I guess, other than the Pope or the Archbishop. But that's who he was talking about. So so Biden, in the in the face of that, is saying these things. But what was it he didn't say? 
Well, see, many of you have seen or heard the news today, and you're, you're, some of you have been on social media, and you already know what the answer is. Not one mention of the name of God. Not one mention of God. Not one mention of Jesus Christ. Not one mention of our Creator. Not one mention of the Lord. Well, we got to pray. We got to pray for this horrible COVID crisis. <laughs> um, pray to who, Joe Biden? Well, well, you know, you know the thing. <laughs> the thing. People, I just read that word to you. This is this is this is some bad stuff. Now, just to give you an idea, when Donald Trump, the the, the last time he was the last year he was in office for a National Day of Prayer, and he gave a similar declaration eight times, eight times he talked about God and the Lord and the Creator. Eight times, even Obama, in his last time with the National Day of Prayer, he mentioned the the word God twice. Now, now I know that's a generic term, and I kind of even despise buys using that term generically in a, on, a, on an ongoing basis. Now, there's nothing wrong with the name God. That's the English term that comes from the Hebrew. Whenever you see the term God in the Old Testament in Hebrew, it comes from the word Elohim. Elohim. That's a rich, deep word with two huge, rich, deep meanings, and I don't have time to get into them here on the radio. I've written books about it, but it's, it, it comes from the very first verse. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Now, when you see the word Lord in the Bible, that comes from the word Yahweh, Yahweh in Hebrew. Sometimes you'll see the Lord God said. Now, what that says in Hebrew is Yahweh Elohim said. Okay, those Both of those powerful words have deep powerful, significant, eternal meaning and value and power in them. I keep using the word power. I'm sorry, but that's what it's about. Okay. So as a, as a Bible student and as a born again believer, I am not offended by the word God unless it's uttered from somebody who doesn't live for God, who doesn't know God. And, and I'm not trying to judge Joe Biden. I don't know where his heart is other than what I hear coming out of his mouth. His pro-abortion stance, his mushiness on, well, there's no mushiness anymore. Little boys and little girls showering together and crossing the gender borders and the marriage borders and stomping all over that, folks. And then it comes to the National Day of Prayer, doesn't even mention God, doesn't even tip his hat to God. Even in the generic sense, just God, you know, God. Of course, the very first commandment is thou shalt have no other, what? God's. In the plural, before me. Let's see, there are a lot. Satan, Satan vies for your attention away from the Lord God by telling you, oh, there are many gods you can have. And so I don't like it to just hear the generic. Now, so when this omission was reported, it, it wasn't lost. It wasn't lost on a bunch of Republicans and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and religious leaders around the nation, Christian leaders. Senator Ted Cruz, I loved what he said. He, he tweeted, and I'm getting this from the New York Post because it's in quotes. It says, our government, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy taxes. 
In other words, he's mocking Joe Biden, saying, so, so basically, Joe Biden, you're basically just leaving God completely out of the mix, and we know what you're doing with our government, with troops and razor wire and, and the COVID crisis and mandatory vaccines, or at least he's trying to make it sound that way, and masks and telling us it's your, it's your uh, patriotic duty, for God's sake, he said in the, uh, uh, the last um, address to the nation, the State of the Nation address. It's your patriotic duty to wear a mask. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> I mean, this is getting scary, folks. But I've got more to say about this. That's probably going to knock your socks off when I come back. Even Franklin Graham, he said, of course, we need to call on God. And not just some generic gods or some power in the air, but on God himself. And he's speaking about the Lord God, the Creator. There is no one else to pray to except God. And in Hebrew, that would be Elohim, who created the heavens and the earth. Thank you, Franklin Graham. Thank you, Senator Ted Cruz. Folks, this just happened in the last day or two. This is the atmosphere we're living under now. And we're going to ask God to bless this if my people who are called by my name it's really the church's fault. We'll be back in a minute. You're in the Oval Office of the Gulf Coast. Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops. And now, the Commander-in-Chief is back. Freedom Friday with Carl Gallops. The Oval Office of Gulf Coast Talk Radio. All right, folks, we're at the bottom of the second hour. All right, now listen. Here's what I want to do now. With all of that background, Joe Biden... You heard him give the speech, National Day of Prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. Pray, pray, pray. He's reading it off of, of, of a teleprompter. And then he finally gets down to, and pray, pray for that nasty COVID stuff. And that was it. <laughs> it sounded like something out of a horror movie. Nothing about God, nothing about the Lord, nothing about the Creator, and certainly nothing about Jesus Christ. No scripture quoting, nothing about the Word of God and its great impact upon this nation and upon the world through this nation. Nothing like that. Oh, no, no, no. No, just cancel the National Prayer Breakfast and make a Darth Vader speech. Don't mention even the generic name of God. Just our government which art in washington hallowed be thy taxes hallowed be thy power over us all right now i'm going to start asking you some questions now now it's just peter laser my world famous producer and me and you so just just pretend if you want you're the only person li- listening okay it's just the three of us I want to ask you some questions. And of course, because it's radio, you can't answer back in a way that I can hear you right now, but I'll kind of fill in the gap. But I want to ask you some questions. And you think of these things now. All right, number one, and I don't have these in any particular order, but I know what I want to ask you. If you were to hear, let's just go back five years ago and uh, in America. And uh, if you were to hear about some country on the, you know, the other side of the world, where the government just summarily 
Shut the churches, lock the people down, let the convicts, some convicts go from the prisons, but lock the business owners down, made everybody wear masks and, and, and developed an, exper- an experimental drug and said, we're, 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 we're going to force you to take this if necessary, and we're going to keep you from going t- uh, to places and to certain places and working certain places if you don't take it, and on and on and on and on. Would you not, if you watch that happen and you watch it collapse in and you watch pastors being arrested and churches being closed and fined and people put in jail, law-abiding citizens otherwise, who are just wanting to go to church or just wanting to live without having a mask sucking down their throat all day long. And yet people were being fined and put in jail and churches closed and businesses closed and lives ruined and families ruined and people dying in nursing homes and their family can't even get to their moms and their dads and their grandparents or their brothers and sisters or even their children, God forbid, because because the government won't let you. What would you say from a biblical point of view about that nation? Perhaps you might you might not say it out loud because it's too ugly to even think of, but might you not say, wow, that nation's under judgment. I mean, everything I just described four or five years ago, if you saw that happen like overnight and come down on a people in another country on the other side of the world, what would you say about that nation? You might wonder, you might ask, you might even declare, it's like they're under God's judgment. We had Pastor Arthur Pulaski on in the first hour. If you if you weren't listening to us, you need to go back and listen to that first thirty minute segment. And then Mike Shoesmith and I came on and talked about it afterwards. But you you got to hear him in Calgary, Canada, and you got to hear that clip of Doug Ford. We may play that again before this segment's over from from Canada, uh, from Ontario. He's the premier, which is like a governor of a state. What he said about vaccines, folks, Canada, everything I just described is in Canada and worse. So are they under God's judgment? And let's not get too arrogant or cocky about it. Think about the United States. Think about it. Think about the blue states. Antifa, BLM, fires, looting, all of the riots, the, you know, casinos allowed to stay open, the riots allowed to take place, but we shut churches down because churches are going to kill us, but riots and casinos won't. I mean, the craziness, letting convicts and prisoners out of prison while we put pastors in jail or law-abiding citizens, destroying businesses, homes, families because of a virus that has a 99.9% survival rate. And you have to be tested to find out if you even have it. Are you following me? If my people who are called by name and in the day of pandemic, or most versions say in the day of pestilence, it sweeps across the land. When my people are under judgment, the locusts are devouring your crops. But if my people would call out to me, those that are called by my name, those that call themselves by my name, if they would humble themselves and pray, and in the middle of this, the dude that's in the White House, Joe Ziden, basically cancels the National Day of Prayer, gives a speech, doesn't even mention God's name. You think we might be under judgment? What do you think? Two huge signs to my heart that we are under judgment. 
Since 1973, we have killed over 60 million innocent souls. Now, please hear me, folks. I'm not judging individual people. There are people listening that have been touched by this. I am not some cult leader. I don't look in your windows. I'm not telling you how to live the details of your life. Plus, decades ago, a lot of people just didn't understand this from a biblical standpoint or even from the medical biological standpoint. So much more has been invented now with the ultrasound and all manner of ways. We do surgery on embryos in the womb. I mean, now we know it's life. It's human life. We've been lied to for decades. So I know people have gotten caught up in that. So please hear my pastor's heart. I am not condemning individuals. I'm speaking of the hideous collective sin of our nation of destroying 60 to maybe close to 70 million innocent lives since the 1970s. And all of those kids would have grown up to be adults. They would have married and intermarried their own generation. We would have more kids and we would have, we wouldn't need to have millions and millions of illegals flooding in just to keep the infrastructure going. We wouldn't have to, but we've killed our own. You think we're under judgment? God's word talks about all this, by the way, and about how he opens the borders of nations and allows the enemy to come in when they're under judgment. Do you think that has anything to do with where we are right now? Let me give you another thing to think about. I've said this before on the show, but I want to say it again in case you've missed it or in case you've forgotten it. June the 26th, 2015. Does that date mean anything to you? Probably to most people it doesn't. And I'm not disparaging you if it doesn't, because why would we remember a seemingly random and obscure date, June the 26th, 2015. What happened? Well, I mean, everybody knows, you know, September the 11th, 2001. Okay, boom, we know that. December the 7th, 1941. All right, we know that. Boom. Uh, but, 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 but what about, what about June the 26th, 2015? It's six years ago. And a few weeks from now, it'll be six years ago. What was that? That was the day when the Supreme Court said, we don't know what a marriage in is anymore in America. All right, now stop. Would would that bring us under judgment? Well, let me quote to you the words of Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. Have you not known from the beginning, says the Lord, that in the beginning God made them male and female? And for this reason, the man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And the implication is she will leave her father and mother too. The two, and the two will join themselves together and they will become one flesh, which means they will procreate and or even if they don't create children from the marriage, they will join themselves together, consummate their marriage, and they will live their lives where so many married folks say, you know, we can even think for each other. I can finish their sentences now. (laughs) You just become one flesh, one spirit, one soul. Now listen to it again because I didn't finish it. Matthew 19, 4. Have you not known from the beginning that in the beginning, have you not heard in the beginning, God created the male and female. And for this reason, the man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and the two will become one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together. Let not man pull it apart. And there's so many ways of saying those Hebrew words. Let me just put it in modern English so that you'll get it. 
This first institution that I created, says the Lord, the first of all institutions, it is between a man and a woman because I say so, says the Lord. And if man and his governments ever try to redefine it or pull it apart, they will come under my judgment. Now, just in case you think I'm being a little too preachy right now and say, well, no, okay, that's your interpretation. Okay, let me just give you something else to chew on. June the 26th, 2015. What an ominous day. I mean, the date. Yeah, well, you just said that's, that's when the Supreme Court. No, no, no. It goes back further than that. And I doubt, seriously, if any of the Supreme Court justices had any idea what they were doing on that date. But the Lord God in heaven knew. Is there anything he doesn't know? Did he slap his forehead on that day and say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know they were going to do this. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know they were going to do it on this day. No, no. I think God gave him over to a depraved mind just like he did Pharaoh. Just like he does anybody else that spits in his face. And I think he allowed it to happen. He probably focused and directed it to happen on June 26, 2015. You say, Carl, what are you getting at? Well, if you haven't already gone to a search engine by now and you're checking me out while I'm talking, if you have, you already know. If you'll put that in a search engine and ask what that date, June 26, 2015, what did that date align with? in history on the Hebrew calendar. Why the Hebrew calendar? Well, that's where it all started, right over there. It aligns with the 9th of Tammuz. And any Jewish person can tell you that is a day infamously known as a day of judgment. It's the day that Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonian Empire breached the walls of Jerusalem, came in, conquered the Israelites destroyed the walls, eventually destroyed the entire temple where God had said, if you would just pray, I wouldn't let this happen. And they wouldn't do it. And Nebuchadnezzar hauled them all off into captivity after first slaughtering families before the eyes of other family members. On the 9th of Tammuz, which just happens to align, June 26, 2015, when we spit on God's first institution. You want to know what's happening in the United States? Now you know. Thank you for listening to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups in the Oval Office of the Gulf Coast. Please remain seated until the ride comes to a complete stop. Welcome back to Freedom Friday with Carl Gallups, the Oval Office of Gulf Coast Talk Radio. All right, folks. Well, welcome back. I, I, I hope you're still with me. You know, that one person that Peter and I were talking to, I hope you haven't turned turned us off because that was pretty heavy duty. But, folks, it's just historical truth. 9th of Tammuz, June 26, 2015, uh, Roe v. Wade, 1973, uh, first institution uh, God set is marriage. And, of course, out of that come children, you know, starting as an embryo. The two are joined together. The male cell, reproductive cell, and the female reproductive cell come together inside the womb of a woman and a new creation with an entirely different genetic code is developed and, and boom. Here's this child and grows into a person. All of that was God's design, and we have spit on all of it. 
and through various laws and mechanisms, we're in the process of trying to destroy it all. Who do you think's behind that? God or Satan? You, you see what that's, that's, I'm just saying, I'm trying to get you to think, well, I know you already do. P- please forgive me. That sounded a little disparaging or like, you know, condescending. I didn't mean for it to sound that way. I want us all to think critically and logically is what I'm trying to say. So with that in mind, I want to go to another clip. I want to introduce it. It's a minute long clip. Representative Democrat, Representative Cori Bush, C-O-R-I, Cori, female, black female. Representative Cori Bush, extremely liberal. In fact, the conservative media today has castigated her for using the term birthing people. And she's testifying before some congressional committee, and she uses as an illustration uh, her own pregnancies and various things that have happened. And anyway, that's that's another subject, and I don't want to go into the weeds there. And I, I don't even, the clip you're going to hear, you're not even going to hear her say birthing people. But she does use that in her little speech before Congress because, you know, politically correct, you know. We, we've got to be gender neutral. You know gender neutral. Birthing people. Well, Now, let's just discuss that for a second, and then I'm going to play the clip, because what you are going to hear on the clip is where I want to go. And I'm just going to say, I told Peter a little while ago, I've I've listened to a lot of talk radio today. I've not heard another soul pick up on this or mention it. Now, by the time the day's over, perhaps others will or have, or maybe they already have, or maybe I miss somebody that did. And I'm not trying to say, look at me, I'm so great. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I think much of America is missing what you're getting ready to hear. That's all I'm trying to say. But let's talk about birthing people first. Birthing people. Now, you know, these birthing people, what what is that? What, what? She's trying to talk about women and mothers, but she can't talk about women and mothers lest she offend a man who thinks he's a woman or who thinks he's going to be called a mother or vice versa, a woman, a DNA woman who's going to try to change herself into a man and lest she be offended. So let's just call birthing people because, see, the woman that's trying to change herself into a man may not want to give birth and may have certain surgeries done and and chemical um, therapies done so that she cannot have children. So she's saying birthing people, whoever. Well, I guarantee you it's not a man that's going to give birth. It's going to be a woman. Now, I know I've seen headlines, and so have you. The first man in human history gave birth to a baby girl the other day. No, no, it was not a man. See, the world is just perverted and upside down. It was a woman who took chemicals and therapy and had radical surgery and dressed like a man, cut her hair like a man, and shaped her body like a man, but she still had a womb and a uterus and a birth canal and ovaries and eggs and... Somehow she got pregnant and maybe artificially or maybe she stepped out on her woman or whatever it was. She got pregnant, but the world called her a man. So the headlines read, first man gives birth to a baby girl or baby boy, whichever it was. Okay. So Corey wanted to make sure she didn't fall into that trap. So she said, you know, birthing people, birthing people. Now, you're not going to hear this on the clip, but I want you to know this is the same Corey Bush we're talking about. It's the same speech. I want you to listen to this one-minute clip, put on your thinking cap, and tell me what you hear here. Can you say hear here? The word hear is spelled differently both ways. Tell me what you hear here. All right? Peter, play that clip. Corey Bush. That's what I did. I told, my, I told her that I was having severe pains. Her, her and she said, oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Go home, and I'll see you next time. So that's what I did. I went home. 
One week later, I went into preterm labor. At 23 weeks, my son was born. One pound, three ounces. His ears were still in his head. His eyes were still fused shut. His fingers were smaller than rice, and his skin was translucent, a black baby. Translucent skin. You could see his lungs. He could fit within the palm of my hand. He was, we were told he had a 0% chance of life. The chief of neonatal surgery happened to be in the hospital that morning and saw my case on the surgical board, and she decided to try to resuscitate him. It worked, and for the first month of his life, Zion was on the ventilator fighting to live. For four months, he was in the neonatal uh, care unit. The doctor who delivered my son apologized. She said, you were right, and I didn't listen to you. Give me another chance. All right. Peter Laser and I, is that right? We are here. Peter Laser and me. Me? No, me's not here. I, I'm horrible with pronouns. My wife laughs at me all the time and corrects me. Never mind, I'm just a you know international best-selling author of 12 books. But see, that's what editors are for, right? <laughs> I can come up with the idea. Somebody else has to come up with the grammar, though. But anyway... Peter Laser, we, the two of us, are here. See, my wife taught me that trick. She says, if you don't know the pronoun, say we. Okay, we are here in the studio, and you are out there listening. You just heard that clip. She's the same one that called, you know, women moms. She called them birthing people. <laughs> Got Mother's Day coming up. We're going. I'm going to say happy birthing people day. Should I say that? I probably wouldn't. But anyway, what did you just hear? Peter's shaking his head. He knows what he heard. She unwittingly, remember, she's a liberal, flaming liberal Democrat, so liberal that she felt the need to include the gender-neutral word birthing people when that's a nonsense word because no man's ever going to have one. So it's a woman, okay? It's a woman, a birthing person. That's how liberal she is. Unwittingly, she just destroyed Planned Parenthood's argument that what's in your womb is just a blob of tissue right on up to the moment it comes out and breathes. How did she destroy it? Let me remind you of the facts. She was having trouble in her pregnancy. She went to her doctor. The doctor's female gynecologist, OBGYN, said, your baby's 23 weeks old. 23 weeks, folks. It's one pound in five ounces, one pound. And what does she say? She says, and we, um, we had to do something with this child. So she says, here he is, my son, my son, 23 weeks old, one pound. She says, I could see his ears his little eyes, his fingers the size of rice, but there they were, the fingers, his skin. I could see his lungs. If you listen to the whole rest of the clip, and I think she said some of it there, but they they took the child, one pound and five ounces, five months in intensive care. And the child lived. His name is Zion. Little Zion. 
I don't know if she knows this or not, but Zion stands for the city of God, the presence of God, even heaven itself. There are hymns written about it. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. The holy city of God. Here's a liberal woman who probably holds to the whole Planned Parenthood mantra. I don't know if she does or not. I don't know, but she's a Democrat. And she's using the term birthing people. But in the midst of it, she said a 23-week-old, you know, blob of tissue, you know, one pound. My son, who lived and who is still alive to this day. I could see his little eyes, his little ears, his fingers, his lungs. I watched him breathing or developing. And he lived. It's what we've been screaming for decades. We've been called liars, science deniers even. You know, because money, death, Planned Parenthood, agendas. Are we under judgment? What do you think? But if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, I would forgive them. I would heal them. Think about it, folks. This Lord's Day. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Freedom Friday, Carl Gallops, Oval Office, Gulf Coast Talk Radio.